Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason DeFilippo, discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. Welcome to Grumpy Old Geeks. I'm Jason DeFilippo. And I'm Brian Schulmeister. <sighs> so we have a fire NATO. Yep. Because 2020 can't be more 2020 than it is. Yes, the National Weather Service has issued America's first ever warning for a fire tornado. The Reno office of the National Weather Service warned Northern California of a fiery tornado on Saturday that had sprung up near a large, fast-moving wildfire in the Sierra. Uh, For the first time in history, a tornado warning has been issued for a likely fire tornado, Washington Post meteorologist Matthew Capucci reported. These are not fire whirls. This is a rotating smoke plume being ingested into a pyrocumulonimbus cloud that can produce a bona fide fire-induced tornado at tornado wind speeds. I've seen video of this thing. It's pretty, pretty hellish. The only thing you could do is like sprinkle in some murder hornets and that would just be 2020 in a nutshell. Well, in addition to that, uh, just before we went to record, I was uh, running through my news really quickly. Uh, We had a meteor the size of a car that just uh, narrowly missed the earth over the weekend and they didn't find it until it hit past us. And uh, according to Andrew Hunter Murray, one of the hosts of, uh, of No Such Thing as a Fish, the podcast that we both listened to, I just saw he tweeted, uh, there is an incredibly large uh, anomaly in our uh, magnetic field uh, called the that, that scientists are extremely concerned by that they're tracking. It's, that's been going on for a while, though. Yes. I, yeah, I read about that. That one has been going on for a while. But I, yeah, I, just, I, read I just saw it one. for the first time today. And so, you know, I thought I'd throw that in there, too, because, you know, why not? What else is going to yeah. go wrong? <laughs> Uh, this is what happens when you doom scroll before coffee. <laughs> Good times. So we talked about the big fight over Apple and Google and Epic Games over the whole Fortnite thing. Mm-hmm. Well, Epic has filed an injunction against Apple at this point because Apple has said that, you know what, we're just going to revoke all your access because you <laughs> won't play by the rules, which for Epic could be just disastrous because Epic creates the Unreal Engine, which is used basically damn near anywhere, everywhere. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Yes. So I do like and, the fact that they, they got into, you know, obviously they're getting into a big bitch fight here, right? So, oh, you know, big one. Epic does says, we're not going to follow your rules. Apple says, well, we're going to take you off our platforms then. Epic says, screw you. We're going to make a really funny video and, uh, oh, also file some lawsuits. And then Apple says, okay, we're going to take all your stuff off the table then. And then Epic goes, hey, that's not fair. You're taking off things that don't have anything to do with the game. Mm hmm. <laughs> so. And Apple writes back to them saying, hey, guys, uh, yeah, we're not going to make an exception for you because you guys skirted the rules. The rules, which we would like to point out that you agreed to when you Mm -hmm. signed up for the platform. You got to read the TOS, people. Yeah. Yeah. So Epic now is trying to put a cabal of other big app developers together to go after them. So the first one I heard they reached out to, of course, is Spotify because they've already had beef with Apple over the the subscription rates. So that this is going to be just a cat fight. I'm just, where's my popcorn? (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, what, what's the end game here other than in a court of law, somebody decides that Apple can't do this. Yeah. I mean, Amazon's not going to blink on this one because that's, you know, a huge chunk of their revenue. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, they only have a few apps that they sell, but they, you know, they take a slice off the top of everybody that sells anything on the app store. So 
They're not going to back down on this one, I believe, unless they no. are forced to. Unless they're forced no, to. No, and, and honestly, they shouldn't have to. They're store their rules. Pretty much, pretty much. And Apple, uh, you know, to put a good spin on something they've done this week, they're taking uh, their Apple Care purchase window from 60 days to a whole year, which that's is nice. That's finally nice because you always you always remember it on day 61 because you need <laughs> that extra time to save up for it because you just spent a god awful amount of money on all the hardware you just bought. Yeah, no, that's a good move on their part. It, it completely makes sense, particularly during t- COVID times, because, you you know, I've discovered that anything that I would have to do normally within a 30 day window, I need at least, a, oh, I don't know, four months for at this point. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I've gone with their new subscription route, which is actually kind of nice. You don't have to pay it all up front and you just they ding you for 10 bucks a month mm-hmm. for the, the life of the device. So it saves on uh, a few bucks up front, which all helps, right. okay. you know. But yeah, this full year is pretty nice because mm-hmm. you, you always forget, you know, you always forget. You do. And speaking of always forgetting, one other thing I've noticed now that we're uh, we're sharing an office space here, uh, my wife and I both, uh, we have a standing desk shoved into our bedroom with a, a large monitor and a keyboard and a mouse and all of that. Um, you know, I occasionally check every now and then to make sure that the mouse and the keyboard are charged. Uh, what I've discovered is my wife does not ever. <laughs> so uh, yeah, this morning I came out to a a point five percent charged uh, keyboard and a mouse that was flashing red, and I was just like, "You got to be kidding me!" Not not even a check every now and then. But this no. is uh, this is the equivalent of leaving the uh, the cap off the to- toothpaste tube. You know, people get murdered for less than that when they're in a pandemic and stuck inside <laughs> all the time. Yes, yeah, so I've had to charge everything. Quick charge this morning. Hopefully, uh, this will all work throughout the whole podcast. But uh, check your stuff, people. Yeah, I keep mine going all the time. I have a special <laughs> cable that's set up just for that. Because uh, yeah, these these MX masters don't tell you until they're dead. No, it's like no. They, hey. there's no warning until they're blinking. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But they last. I mean, these things usually last for a couple months on one single charge. So. Oh, this has worked since since purchase. This is the first time I've actually had to charge it. Yeah, it's not not bad, not bad. Not bad. It's a little housekeeping here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you and I have discussed on the back channel about opening up a Discord channel. Yes, and I and, we uh, said we I, weren't I, going to, but here we are announcing it. I'm gonna. Well, I wanted to throw it out to you because I'm gonna. I'm stuck at home all the time now. I don't have a lot of work, and I'm fine with hanging out on there now and again. You can pop in now and again whenever you want. You know, it's like, eh, it's just something there to have have some kind of contact with the outside world. <laughs> Mainly because of the chat in the damn uh, Clash Royale or uh, yeah, Clash Royale clan. The chat sucks, and it's really hard to like chat in there. So I'm like, ah, eh, I got. I want to talk to some people. So I. I Put a link in, you know, no guarantees on who's going to be there when, but it's there. I, I have no issue with it, but I do think it's funny. Yeah. This, this is the way that decisions are normally made in Grumpy Old Geeks land. Oh, here's this thing. Should we do it? I'm the one that actually brought it up. Jason goes, are you fucking kidding me? No fucking way do I ever want to have this thing going. Okay, conversation over. Next thing I know, there it is in the show notes. <laughs> well, I just- I'm bored. I'm fucking bored. What are you gonna do? I'm just saying. I, I'm 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 opening up the doors so people can see how decision making processes are made. That's right. <laughs> oh, no, that's man. fine. I mean, I, I I didn't uninstall Discord, so it's still sitting here. Uh, I, I every time I launch it, there's seven thousand updates, and so I don't know what's happening with this program. But yeah, I, I'll I'm happy to pop in every now and then. Um, you know, it's it's easier for me to do this than to try to sort out another you know online chat 
thing. So, uh, cause this, we can pop in whenever we feel like it. So yeah, it exists. Link in the show notes. If you want to pop in and say hi. Yeah. I mean, the other option was to put up an IRC channel, but <laughs> <laughs> since our gopher is never going to appear apparently. Yeah. Really? What's up with that, Anthony? Come on. <laughs> And the other reason I was bored and thinking about it, because I saw it in the doc while I was going through all of the back episodes, we've made a lot of lot of shows. You think? <laughs> made a lot of shows. This is 464. And, and I've had to go through, and this is the second or third time we've had to update all of the embeds on the website, because I should have written a goddamn WordPress plugin with a database, which would have made it a lot easier. Uh, I have to go through and update all 400 plus uh, embeds to get us up to our current hosting platform because we're we've got we've got we've got players all over the place when you go to the website to to listen to it so we're not getting credit for some of those plays right so i was just sitting there going through doing the mind-numbing copy paste process of finding the episode you know cleaning it out because there's all sorts of old crap in there and uh i saw the discord thing sitting there i'm like oh it would have been nice to have that open right now with somebody to chat with while i'm sitting here copy and pasting <laughs> so that's <laughs> that's where that came from so I'm, we're working through the back ones there um, and I've been working through the transcripts too. I don't think those are ever going to see the light of day. They're Why? too terrible. They're too they're, terrible. And and who cares? They're out of date yeah. at this point, anyways. And it's a podcast. Yeah, listen. To I it. can. I use them for searching to go find some old stuff that we talked about. Mm-hmm. And I think on episode two, which is pretty funny, it's, it's, it's actually it's, it's somewhere between two and thirteen when I saw it. Um, there's a tag in the show notes: Brian's hatred of Farscape. I'm like, some things never change. <laughs> Well, you've been pushing that show on me for a long time, man. Yep. Well, that one's over. (laughs) In the news. So I don't want to get too political out of the gate here. And this is something we talked about on the drink up. But this is the most genius use of tech that I've seen in a very long time. It is called DefeatByTweet.org. So this is how it works. You set a donation amount per tweet. You can do like, you know, from one cent to 10 cents or some people have, you know, done a dollar. And every time Trump tweets, your money is sent to uh, a a collection of black led organizations working to defeat Trump in nine key swing states. Going to go broke real quick. Yeah, you're going to go real broke. (laughs) They said the average number of tweets he makes per day is about 30. Uh, They've raised over a million dollars so far. Right. Pretty impressive. (laughs) Pretty Pretty impressive. impressive. And. Genius. Genius. I mean, it, this talk about using tech against someone. This is like the Aikido version <laughs> of uh, of using the Internet. Pretty cool. Yeah. And we have to go back to our favorite companies in the world, ride sharing. So, <sighs> yeah. Uh, Uber and Lyft say they have to basically shut down if everything keeps going the way it's going. Oh, you mean they have to play by the rules? Yeah. Like everybody else does? Yeah, they're trying to not. They're definitely trying to not mm-hmm. do that. Uh, so, yeah, it's because AB5 passed, which classifies them as or makes them classify their quote unquote employees as actual employees. Yeah. And they're like, we can't afford that. <laughs> That's and, not in our business model. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, now what they're trying to do is they're trying to push this Prop 22 that gets voted on here in November. Mm-hmm. To, to carve out, you know, a little slice that says, no, we don't apply to AB5. People who drive and, you know, drive for us or Lyft or whoever, uh, no, they're still going to be independent contractors. So they're putting with DoorDash, they put a ton of money behind 
this uh, yes on Prop 22 mm-hmm. uh, campaign that's going on. So if you're in California, vote no on Prop 22 if you yes. uh, if you care about some of these people. But yeah, it's kind of a mess. Yeah, this is ridiculous. I, it's absolutely ridiculous. I mean. There are some valid arguments about Prop AB5 um, against it. Yes. Uh, but definitely there are, but they don't apply to either Uber or Lyft's business model. Um, I can get into that, but it's it's specific for other people. Uh, it's not for these companies. These companies are massively, uh, theoretically, profitable, at, at least in terms of uh, the amount of money that they have on hand. They should be treating their employees as uh, employees. They're trying to skirt the rules. It's bullshit. Well, technically, they've never made a penny. They've yeah, never made a penny. <laughs> so they just have a lot of money, but they've never made any money. Yes. And what they're going to try and do now, I saw this one this morning, speaking of doom scrolling before your coffee, <laughs> they're considering a franchise-like model here in California. So what they want to do is say, here, we're going to lend you our tech, and you can run the employees. You can spend all your money on the benefits and everything, <laughs> and we're just going to lend you our infrastructure so you can have a turnkey Uber or Lyft right out of the gate if you've already got, like, say, a fleet of cars or trucks that you want, you know. So our... you can white brand it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's their newest Hail Mary. They, they haven't decided whether or not they're going to do it, but it made the New York Times, so I guess it's got to be pretty high up in the talks at this point. <laughs> and that's, t- like, just a total end around. And as we know, they don't make any money, so what moron would try and spend their money on a franchise model for a company that doesn't make any money? Yeah, that isn't profitable. It's at like all. would you yeah. would you start a McDonald's if you knew that all McDonald's didn't make any money? Why would you spend, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars on franchise fees and building out a restaurant if nobody wanted the food? Well, <laughs> there you have it. There you have it. All right, and uh, we have some more follow-up on uh, the Google Australia pay-for-news thing that's been going on. Uh, Google has uh, done what uh, all celebrities do when they're in trouble. They've penned an open letter. Oh, God. Yes. Is this a conscious uncoupling? (laughs) They have written an open letter to all of Australia, warning that users in Australia, that free search and YouTube services are at risk if Australia implements a proposed law compelling it to pay for linking to news services. Uh, They've also paused a news licensing system that they started earlier this year, according to the Financial Post. And finally, it's warned that big news businesses could demand extra revenue beyond what they earn on YouTube ads, leaving a smaller share for individual creators. Meaning, if you actually are a news organization with reporters, you might actually uh, make more money than uh, than than Bob down the street who decides to post news. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So they're saying they already pay news services millions of dollars and send them billions of free clicks every year. Hmm. That sounds familiar. Hmm. Doesn't that sound <laughs> like the uh, uh, you're but you're getting exposure argument? Yes, it does. Hmm, interesting. Yes. It yes. Does. yes. Uh, but rather than encouraging these types of partnerships, the law is set up to give big media companies special treatment and to encourage them to make enormous and unreasonable demands that would put our free services at risk. Yeah. So uh, they're, uh, the blog is pitting large publishers like News Corp against individual creators. Once again, I would argue that individual creators aren't news. News has to fall under a special law here. It's different. But whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So blah, blah. It goes on and on and on. And Australia's Competition and Consumer Commission, 
Boy, it'd be nice to have one of those here in America. <laughs> uh, so that Google's open letter contains misinformation about free search and YouTube services. Google will not be required to charge Australians for the use of its free services, such as Google search and YouTube, unless it chooses to do so, the ACCC wrote in response. Google will not be required to share any additional user data with Australian news businesses unless it chooses to do so. Mm-hmm. Yep, there you go. So nice try, Google. Nice try, Google. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I need to think about this some more because... Well, I'm against the idea initially as well. I I, I yeah. don't think that they should have to pay to link to news services. Uh, we've we've discussed right. this ongoing for quite some time. It's, it's one thing to link to a service. It's another thing to take their entire story and then, you know, white, again, white label it as your own and grab all that data and pop it up in a window under Google News. That's a different thing. Linking? Yeah, I, I'm not sure about this law either, but I'm definitely sure that I'm against the way Google's trying to fight it. Yeah, it's the summarization of the article that they're trying to avoid because it's like, okay, Google scrapes the article, puts in an automatic summary of it. So when you're scrolling through Google News, you can see it, get the gist of it, and keep on going. Yes. You know, and that part. That, that makes the news services no money because they need right. your, your view on their page. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I, I you know, I'm kind of with the news services on that one. But, mm -hmm. you know, the fact that you have to pay to link to a news service, I think, is really stupid. So there's got to be a middle ground. Just say, hey, guys, no summaries. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Do you like everybody grab, else. You get grab the first sentence. That's about it. Don't don't summarize the whole. Don't give me the bullet points. So nobody never needs to come to our page. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> let's move on to some Facebook news. Mm -hmm. Yay. Uh, Facebook algorithm found to actively promote Holocaust denial. I'm just putting this under. Uh, must be Tuesday. Oh, wait, it's Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, that's it's crazy. I, I updated one of my uh, my background photo, I think, on Twitter and on Facebook to uh, breaking news. What the fuck now? Mm -hmm. And here it is. This is insane. This is absolutely insane. Uh, is it the algorithm? Is it people? What What's going on now? I don't even know anymore. Algorithms cannot be this evil. No, apparently no. they are. This, this requires people. <laughs> this requires people. It, re it requires Facebook to not do anything and turn a blind eye to what is obviously utter bullshit. Yeah, there is there is no there's no leg to stand on about Holocaust denial. I'm no, sorry, there's not. There isn't. There isn't. We have no. we have more than enough proof. Yeah, if you if you try and let these people on your platform and then actively promote them to other groups, then, you know, you're complicit. You're yeah. absolutely complicit in it. So, yeah, there is, uh, there's no leg for Facebook to stand on on this one. <sighs> Insane. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. All right. And uh, speaking of that, text editor Note, Notepad++ banned in China after stand with Hong Kong update. Now, to be fair, he did this to himself, but I do love this story. Yeah. Yes, uh -huh. the website of Notepad++ is now banned in China as of Monday. Obviously, due to its release of editions named Free Weiger and Stand with Hong Kong, the source coded text editor announced on Twitter. <laughs> so, yes, he, he named these things uh, those things on purpose, of course. And uh, it's funny because really only the download page is being blocked, apparently. Everything, right. every other aspect of his, his website is completely free and open through Chinese browsers. Uh, but uh, if you try to go to the download, it is uh, they're being flagged as content prohibited by local regulators. The funny part about this is this guy's obviously a programmer. It could probably figure something out to, you know, dynamically generate a URL every time you click the download button. 
to get around that. Or maybe not put the free Uyghur and stand with Hong Kong in text and put it in an image so his point still gets across, but people can still see it. I th- I would be having a lot more fun around this right now, trying to get past the the Chinese, you know, the Chinese firewall just for fun. Right. I, th- I think that I'm, I'm going to try to not be fun. cynical, but um, when's the last time you've heard about Notepad Plus uh, Plus? Never. Okay. Well, it's made <laughs> it into the- a lot of news stories this week. Yeah. This is the <laughs> this is the first time. Well, it looks like other countries are starting to smell blood in the water over Amazon. All right. Because uh, the antitrust probes in Canada and Germany have opened up investigations into Amazon. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this comes down basically to Amazon doing what Amazon does. It's like, okay, are we taking data from, you know, just standard results for our search and then trying to push our other products, our, you know, our Amazon Basics products? Or do we do we look at the pricing of other products and then price our stuff more competitively? Mm-hmm. The answer is yes, obviously, because Jeff Bezos told <laughs> told Congress that, yeah, yeah, I guess we do that. So cat's out of the bag on this one. Uh, the, the interesting thing in these two articles that I found was is, is uh, Germany is Amazon's second biggest marketplace after the U.S. I had yeah. no idea. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's worth uh, it's worth repeating because maybe a lot of our U.S. listeners don't know. But uh, thus far, uh, Amazon is nowhere near as massive uh, in other countries as it is here. Uh, there are still thriving secondary markets. There's, uh, they haven't beat everybody else into submission uh, in a lot of other countries, which is why these countries are starting to scramble because uh, for better or for worse, uh, people are looking to the U.S. Uh, not in the way that they used to, but as cautionary tales at this point. And they're seeing what Amazon has done to the landscape and they're trying to stop it uh, ahead of time. And they're definitely trying to do that in Germany because that's where they're really catching up pretty quick to uh, dominance as they have in the U.S. market. Right, right. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how this one plays out. And also in Amazon news. Mm-hmm. Now, remember when they were looking for their HQ2 and they were having every city in the country bend over, grab their ankles and put a put yes. basically a big stack of money in their butthole and say, how much can you fit? We will and never we'll charge come- you taxes. Come here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, after that fell through and didn't work out, turns out middle of the pandemic, Amazon is going to be opening up new office buildings, Mm -hmm. adding thousands of corporate jobs coming soon. They're going to add 3,500 corporate jobs in uh, buildings in New York, Phoenix, San Diego, Denver, uh, Detroit, and Dallas. Mm -hmm. And uh, 2,000 people are going to be in Manhattan. Right. Where they... They say, we're we're not going to take your bid because you didn't give us enough money. Uh, Well, didn't... uh, I thought thought the, the Brooklynites bounced back after that i thought i, I could have sworn it it was the people in brooklyn that yeah, said we don't want you back. here yeah yeah uh that was a big thing but yeah so they never got the the thing but they they obviously have bought a building from uh we work <laughs> <laughs> uh for uh, more than a billion dollars so it's interesting it's the fifth avenue building uh that used to be the lord and taylor flagship department store and All as right. we know, Lord and Taylor, sayonara. <laughs> uh, it's just funny. This is like, okay, first Amazon kills Lord and Taylor. Then WeWork kills themselves. And now Amazon buys it's Lord and Taylor. Sweep it all up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's interesting. Interesting. So, uh, you know, I, I, I think that the WeWork model uh, obviously was incredibly flawed, but the idea of shared office spacing is uh, going to come back at some point. 
after this whole coronavirus thing is over. And it's just funny to, you know, see Amazon purchasing up some of these spaces. I, I, do you, I, I would not at all be surprised to see an Amazon spinoff uh, that does shared office spaces in five years from now. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah. either. Nope. They've got the cash right now and the, the market's going to be so distressed in the next like now to five years that they can clean up. Which is why Amazon should be split up. <laughs> exactly. I'm just saying. <laughs> just saying. Just saying. Yes. Yeah. So um, the TikTok is still in the news. Okay. Still. Still. Yeah. Well, so, what, what, um, the clock's ticking. What do we got? Like two more weeks according to uh, President Trump's uh, uh, mandate? I think we no. It's I thought it was ninety days. Okay, we got like yeah. another month or two. Okay, see, so yeah, something like that. This is going to take a while to to go through. It was uh, so Microsoft has been on the line for trying to buy it, and we said that's a terrible idea for Microsoft. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't do it. Uh, but now, now Larry Ellison has thrown his dick in the ring, and of course, when <sighs> that just means he showed up because he is a giant <laughs> dick. So uh, Oracle might be buying TikTok now. Well, there's a company completely positioned to run a social media endeavor. Exactly. <laughs> Christ. Okay. Oh, yeah, well, because it turns out him and his buddies actually own some uh, some TikTok already. Right. Or some stock in ByteDance. They're Dance. invested. Yeah. yeah, they're invested in ByteDance. Uh, so it's like them, General Atlantic, Sequoia Capital, and basically all of those buddies that hang out in Silicon Valley. Uh, they're like, hey, guys, let's get together and just buy the damn thing. Which, right. you know, which would be fine. Let them do it. Uh, I prefer just be shut down, but that's just me. Well, uh, yeah. you're on it. You're the one of us on it. No, I'm not. I, I deleted it. Oh, okay. I deleted it a while ago. After I saw the full list of everything that they, they were stealing, I'm like, yeah, you know what? Fool me once. Fool me twice. <laughs> nah, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. I got rid of it. All right. Just, just because. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting because, you know, I mean, I still you, you go back to the fact that, yeah, you know, China doesn't let a bunch of our major companies work there like, oh, I don't know, Google, Facebook, Twitter. Um, so, hey, maybe Turnabout's fair play. I 100% agree with that. Media Candy. So we've had episode two of Star Trek Lower Decks out now old school model you kids don't understand the drip 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 of episodes uh did you watch episode two jason of course i did it's amazing it's so good i 100 percent enjoy star trek lower decks more than star trek discovery more than any of the jj abrams films that have come out this is by <laughs> far my favorite star trek property in years even even picard uh picard's they're they're, they're neck and neck right now Okay. Yeah. No, it's pretty good. It's really tongue in cheek, and uh, I love it. I love uh, it's it. It's amazing. Just, it's amazing. Yeah, I just wish it was longer. Me That's too. All. I, I want this to never end. Keep it up. This is a. Uh, I'm thoroughly enjoying it. Um, and speaking of old stuff, one of my favorite old bands, uh, the Side Guy, has been going through all the old uh, digital audio tapes, the Dats, and finding a whole bunch of remixes and things that were never released. So uh, Curve is one of my favorite bands of all time. Uh, you can check them out on Bandcamp, and he is just dropping bootleg, what he's calling the bootleg series for every album, remixes and different uh, different tracks and things that never saw the light of day. It's absolutely amazing. Good stuff. Um, so link in the show notes if you want to check that out. If you're not familiar with Curve at all, go and listen to them on Spotify. 
one of the so far ahead of their time, one of the best bands uh, and least appreciated bands of all time, as in my opinion. And uh, I ordered something the other day because I, I was getting tired of tying a bandana around my face every time I went for a bike ride. I got the Star Wars unisex neck warmer face mask bandana outdoor soft microfiber headwear, uh, which is commonly called uh, what are they called a gator at this point super yep. comfortable and amazing for bike rides and just in time for all the news to break that they are even worse than wearing nothing exactly i was gonna say <laughs> you really can be darth vader when you wear these things they look really cool but yeah it's better to you know raw dog it than it is to wear one of these things well it's a it's a little bit up in the air that kind of the the story broke because the washington post or, or wall street journal i can't remember which uh, one of the w newspapers uh broke a science uh study that had basically found that the fiber broke uh the droplets up into smaller particles and actually created a cloud of disgusting whatever but then the scientists who actually published that article said hold on a second everybody what we were actually doing was publishing a study about the methodology of actually doing a study to study these things you should not take any of our <laughs> results uh at face value because we were actually just creating a methodology here now somebody actually has to go and do a study so it's kind of up in the air still and uh, you know media is just running with it because it, covid times in media so the scientists themselves have said no hold on a second and but nobody's running with that bit of the story I was going to say, can you put a link in the show notes to that one? Because I need to pass that around to everybody will, that sent me all the Gator stories. Yes, I will go ahead and, and track that down and uh, put, put that in there. Because, yeah, basically they're just saying this could be true. We're not really sure yet. More study is needed. So let's not go crazy here. But, of course, everybody went crazy. Yeah, yeah, I got so many of those because, uh, yeah, just because. And I got to say, they're friggin' comfortable as hell. And uh, I'm going to be really sad if I can't wear this. And some of it comes down to the material. Like, it has to be fleece. And gaiters are made from numerous materials. So, again, like, we're, we're, we're like, right back to the beginning when, when we didn't know shit five months ago. And one thing comes out and everybody freaks out. So... I will find that and pop that in there. But speaking of that, I saw this. A YouTuber has invented a do-it-yourself gun that shoots masks onto people's faces. Except this was it a doesn't. fun video. <laughs> well, it, yeah, well, he got it to work. Nobody else could make it work. But. Yes, he got it to work in insanely controlled circumstances, but it's very funny. So, yeah, this is a YouTuber Alan Pan decided to create a mask launcher that attempts to shoot masks onto people's faces using a brake line, a solenoid valve, an 800 PSI CO2 can canister, a spray paint pistol grip, and projectiles with magnets attached to a pneumatic launcher. A, he made a mask gun. And it basically shoots a mask and cords wrap around somebody's head and boom, you've got a mask. We need this, by the way. Yeah, I, we I went to, uh, I was down visiting my mom over the weekend, as I do, and uh, I had to run to Target to go get something. So, you know, mask up and everything. And they have signs saying you have to come in, you have to be wearing a mask to come into the store. They have the sounds playing, you know, the, the announcements are playing in Target as you're walking around. Uh, you need to wear a mask. If you do not feel like wearing a mask, you have options. You can order online and you can pick up outside. We will bring your things to you if you don't want to wear a mask. Some guy walking around the store uh, complaining loudly about the mask the whole time uh, takes the mask off repeatedly throughout the store as he's shopping puts it back on when he goes to check out but has it pulled under his nose he's still complaining about it saying how he can't breathe and blah 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 and I just said to the guy I'm like look 
you're not, you might as well not bother. You took it off all the whole time you were walking around the store. You have it under your nose right now. You're not wearing a mask. So shut the fuck up. Nice. How'd that work? Uh, he got really, really angry. And then they asked him to leave. Okay. Yeah. You didn't get a round of applause or anything? No, no, <laughs> nobody cares anymore. Really? So <sighs> yeah, you should. I, I can't <laughs> believe you didn't call him Karen. If it would have been a woman, I would have. What's no, it's, it's even it's even more no, degrading it's, it's, when it's a dude. It's, yeah, it's true. <laughs> well, he was being a Karen. I was just angry and I wanted to get out. True. <laughs> I just let's move it along, people. All right. Speaking of moving it along, mm-hmm. uh, I always have to put in these Verizon pieces because you're still Mr. Verizon. And yeah. Verizon is now including full Disney Plus, Hulu, and ESPN Plus bundles with some unlimited plans. Unlimited plans also meaning limited. <laughs> Caps. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it, there's a, the articles in the show notes you can check if your bundle matches or if you can if you want to upgrade some more. The do you can get the do more plan or the get more plan. It's like how about you just give me the plan? <laughs> it's a, it's they're like fucking Cylons. We had a plan. <laughs> no shit. Like I've okay, I have an unlimited Verizon plan, but I have no idea if I get this or not, and uh, I'm not going to be able to figure it out unless I actually call. And then if I do, like, how does this work? Because I already have Disney plus. Um, so do I get a discount or do I get, do I get refunded for my existing Disney plus? This, all this shit is so fucking crazy. Like I, I don't even know how any of this works anymore. Well, it's crazy on purpose. You yes. Know, you know, well, you yeah, always of course remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Was it if you can't wow them with brilliance, baffle them with bullshit? (laughs) Oh, man. And AMC is reopening its theaters next week with Mm -hmm. 15 cent tickets. Yep. 15 cents to die. (laughs) There you go. Uh, Some will be more. They're doing uh, some $5 tickets if you want to go see uh, Inception, Black Panther, Back to the Future, The Empire Strikes Back, etc. So they're launching with old movies. Yes. That you could uh, watch at home on your couch already. And it says AMC then added that it ex- yeah. <laughs> AMC added that it expects to open two thirds of its more than six hundred theaters by the time Christopher Nolan's thriller Tenant hits theaters on September third. Well, mm-hmm. they've been this this movie has been pushed how many times? I at this point I think AMC is opening the theaters just so they can get Tenant in it so the studio can make some money and they can get it up for, you know, on the Oscar bill. Yeah. I bet I bet the studios are just saying, just get the damn things open so you can shut them down in a week. I think we only need seven days. Get them in there. Let's go. Tenant has been pushed for so long that there are billboards in, in the Santa Monica slash Venice area that are, look like it looks like post-apocalyptic thing because they've started to tatter and tear and they're weather beaten and they're. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like <laughs> it's insane. So, you know what? We're, we're holding out for Tenant and we're holding out for the new Minions movie. Those are the two movies that refuse to release at home during this time. And uh, yeah, we're all going to pay 15 cents now. How's that going to work? Yeah, seriously. I just want Bill and Ted. Give me Bill and Ted. It's coming. coming. I know it's soon. It's soon. Now, and I was listening to the In Machines We Trust podcast from the MIT. And it's a decent podcast. It's it's interesting enough. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well worth a listen. But it is sponsored by what I found. I mean, I cracked up the first time I heard it. And they have the full sponsorship run of all the shows. Yeah. Uh, by our friends at Deloitte. Oh, the, people who the can't company figure- that can't build a website that works? 
Exactly. Yeah. So okay. they're advertising their quote unquote trusty or trustworthy AI framework. You gotta in, be shitting me. I'm not. You gotta listen to the ad. I mean, you just go download the podcast just so you can listen to the ad. I was cracking up. The only thing better than it being on an In Machines We Trust by MIT podcast would be them running that ad on our podcast. I know. I know. Hey, Deloitte, (laughs) buy some spots. Buy some spots. Today's episode is sponsored by Private Internet Access, America's number one virtual private network, also known as a VPN. Even if you use incognito mode, your internet service provider is storing your browsing data and many times even selling it. But Private Internet Access, or PIA, can help. PIA encrypts and reroutes your internet traffic through one of its own servers, hiding your data from your internet service provider or network admin. And with servers in over 75 countries, you can get unrestricted access to geoblock content around the world. PIA comes with an easy-to-use app and browser extensions for all devices, a rock-solid privacy policy, open-source security, advanced customization settings, and it was just ranked the fastest VPN in the world by PCMag. If you sign up with PIA right now, you can take advantage of a special deal only for GOG listeners. By using our link, gog.show slash VPN, you can get complete digital privacy for less than $2 a month and four extra months for free, which means only $1.98 a month and up to 83% off. That's so much more inexpensive than virtually every other VPN on the market. And if you get it right now, you can take PIA's 30-day risk-free challenge. You can try it out for 30 days and see if you like it. If not, just return it for a full refund. So go to GOG.show slash VPN and try out the best VPN on the planet completely risk-free. That's GOG.show slash VPN. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. BiteClear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. At the library. You and I have both discussed our problems with reading in this current landscape. It is difficult. Uh, we've managed to work our way through some books, but uh, it's it's hard. Uh, so I had to go through an old trustworthy author, Douglas E. Richards, who basically writes shit or sci-fi. Okay. I was wondering if this was shit or sci-fi just from the cover art. Oh, 100%. It looks like it. This, this, yeah. this, is, this is, you know, the old basic, uh, you know, the... the, the a middle-aged professor who happens to be Indiana Jones-esque and meets the you know twenty-five to thirty-year-old gorgeous mm-hmm. woman who's incredibly smart and sexy and and shenanigans ensue and that's exactly what this is and uh, it's it's you know it does the job. I, it's the first book that I've read in like two days and since COVID started, uh, just burned through it. Uh, there's a sequel. I'm working on the sequel right now. Uh, this one's called the Enigma cube alien artifact book one. And it is exactly what it says on the tin. It's a cube. It's an alien artifact. There's, <laughs> and this is book one. <laughs> it's book one. It's, it's near future, uh, time travel. You get Nazis. It's, it's, it's popcorn, man. I was just like, okay. shovel it in. This is great. Nom, 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 nom. I won't remember a thing about this story in two weeks, but it's awesome. 
All right. All right. I finished The End of October by Lawrence Wright. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. So this book was released on uh, April 28th of okay. this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we kind of locked down mid-March, right? Uh, I don't know how fast this guy can write or if he had this whole thing in the can beforehand, Mm -hmm. but it is spot on. It is, you know, you basically could be reading the news. Yeah, I don't want that in a book right now. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. It was really not the best thing to read right now. Yeah, I'm not uh, watching Outbreak. I I don't want to reread The Stand. I'm not into 12 Monkeys right now. Oh, 12 Monkeys is awesome. You can still watch that just for Brad Pitt. Anyway... (laughs) So the thing about this book is, you know, he got the beginning so right that I just hope he doesn't get the ending right, too. It is definitely a dystopian, not happy <laughs> ending kind of book. All right. So um, it, it was good. I, you know, I think I gave it five, four or five stars on Goodreads. You, know, you now went that back I get, to Goodreads, huh? Well, I've got it hooked up now. So I'm like, oh, I'll just because you can just set it in the Audible account. It's like, oh, pop it over right. to Goodreads. Sure. Done. Um in audible books, I'm usually pretty good about rating right away because as soon as you finish it, it just pops up the the dialogue and says, "Here, you want to rate it?" I'm like, "Sure!" Mm-hmm. Bing, bang, boom. So, yeah, it's uh, yeah, not the best book to read right now. I should go back to Discworld. I really think I want to go back to Discworld. <laughs> yeah, I was just uh, you put the synopsis in our show notes, and I was like, "Nope, not going to read this." Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but I do have to say, uh, Lavar Burton Reads is back for season seven. So I listened to the first one and a half this morning. Great as always. Great as always. And the first story is awesome. It's really fun. I mean, it's about ride sharing and demons and fighting and stuff. <laughs> oh, my. Uh, it's really good. It's really good. I mean, like, I want to I, – because he always does the short stories, but I'm like, I want a novel of this one. Mm. It was perfect. So highly recommend LeVar Burton Reads. I'm so glad that one's back. Feedback loop. Over at Patreon, we've got new subscribers, Robert, Steve, GK, and James. And over at PayPal, we've got Raj, Natalie, Michelle, Nicholas, Linda, Michael, Nathaniel, and Andrew. And Steve, who wrote in and said, hi, guys, I'm a Patreon supporter already. I guess he's going to double dip. And was thinking of buying a mug, but figured you guys could use the cash. Glad to help while I still can. Hang in there, stay grumpy, and thank you. No, I do not listen on Spotify. (laughs) <laughs> Seems like he's the only one that doesn't now that we've mentioned it. <laughs> yes. And Stan, Stan writes, uh, Stan here from the Netherlands. I've been listening for about three years now, and last week I suddenly figured out that I'm a regular. So here's a couple of bucks. By the way, listening on Spotify, I'm that one guy. Stay grumpy. Love the show. <laughs> oh, we have so many one guys now. All yeah. right. Oh, and over on Facebook, uh, when I post the auto links about uh, be a Karen and come comment, uh, he posted, uh, instead of hitting the link to give us a review, he just commented on that link. This is an excellent (laughs) podcast that is both informative and entertaining. So thank you. Thank you, Mark. Okay. No one will see that review. No. (laughs) And over at Twitter, Chris writes in, I listen on Spotify, but the only reason is because Joe Rogan is moving there and I want to keep all my podcasts in one place. Well, tell Spotify to give us some Joe Rogan money. Yes, we'll, t- we'll take one percent. Yep. <laughs> and John writes, "I'm the one Spotify listener." Update your list. <laughs> ten. We're up to ten. <laughs> Damn it. 
In my 6502 writes in, you're space fans, right? 2020 keeps kicking us in the nuts. The radar feature from GoldenEye contact and others was badly damaged. And this is the Arecibo Radio Observatory. And uh, man, cable got, snapped. <laughs> yeah, cable snapped and took out a huge chunk of it. The uh, yeah, it's it it's messed up. It's messed up. Yep. And uh, he says, since you mentioned teledildonics on the latest show, this is an article over advice. COVID-19 lockdowns have led to a huge spike in sex doll sales. So <laughs> uh, I looked at the I looked at the link and I don't know if you can call this a huge spike because <laughs> uh, uh, over at Cherry Doll. But I bet she does. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. yeah. Now we sell four to five a week or 20 to 25 a month. And uh, over at which one? Sex Doll Australia. Their sales have increased about thirty to forty percent. So I don't know if that's a huge spike from you know two different vendors, but that sell twenty to twenty five a month. <laughs> you know, I'm it was thinking like you know thousands of these things are rolling out there, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, I'm not so sure about that. But uh, there you go. Uh, Travis uh, wrote in and said, do you guys hate being right all the time? And this is a link that a lot of people have uh, sent our way. Uber and Lyft's business model may be dead. Good. And this is written over, of course, on medium medium um and i i just particularly liked one quote you've got you've got a couple in here but i took to twitter even because i like this quote so much this new model has become clearer as the fantasy fades is really the oldest of the old models that is disrupting an entrenched business by finding a means or excuse to reduce labor costs and skirt regulations which you and i have been screaming about since day one Yep. And I just I put these quotes in here just so I could have I could this could remind me of it. The rideshare mythological complex. I love that. I love that. I love that. I think that's yep. our show title right there because <laughs> it's, this article, it takes about nine minutes to read. And I tell you what, it is one of the best nine minutes I've read, I think, all year. Because- yeah. I mean, it, it painfully and painstakingly uh, uh, just step by step uh, lays waste to their business model. Yep. 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 And, it, you know, he did in an eight-minute read what it's taken us seven and a half years for people to not listen to. So that's great. And over at GOG.show, Jason wrote in, Hi, Jason. I just want to let you know you are misinformed on the tax law based on your episode 461 comment. Selling a stock or ETF outside of an IRA will result in capital gains tax if you sell at a profit. However, if you held the shares at least a year, you may pay a lower tax or none at all, depending on how low your AGI is. And yeah, I, I realized that at the time when... When you were telling me that you were selling your stocks, I was like, hey, you're going to have to pay some taxes on that if you made any money, unless they're in your retirement plan. Okay. Yeah. No, so. I made 300 bucks off of it. I'm not going to sweat it. Yeah. You'll know? be fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, thanks for the heads up. I, I figured I'm probably wrong. That's why I don't generally give stock advice. <laughs> <laughs> GOG.show slash donate. Jason needs to pay a tax bill now. Exactly. Many of them. <clears throat> Yay. Peter writes in, hi, guys. Thanks for hosting another drink up this past weekend. It was fun to connect with you and Dave and even share a few minutes of the soapbox time at the end. In case you were wondering, the name I was trying to think of was George Lakoff or Likoff. Uh, he was interviewed on Marketplace a few years ago, specifically talking about the cognitive issues we have getting our brains wrapped around accepting that we are wrong and how we just can't do that sometimes. So this is a make me smart with Kai and Molly and the transcript is linked in the show notes. And he says, stay grumpy, deliveroo. Etc. Well, thank you for that. By the way, if you're not listening to Marketplace and uh, you are interested in our stock talk, just listen to that instead of us. Yeah, it's, it's a great, great, great podcast. Well, it's not a podcast, right, Jason? 
it's a radio it's a show podcast. repackaged. Exactly. It's called a rerun. <laughs> it's a rerun on the internet. And Dugite Code writes us, uh, regarding the Fortnite Apple Google snafu, I imagine the main argument they will probably be raising is that there is no way to supply software to our mobile computers without going through the store. It's fine to pay the cut if you use the Apple or Android store, but it's anti-competitive to deny the ability, the ability to sideload a third-party store slash updater. This is an argument I think holds water. If Microsoft can get in trouble over a pre-installed web browser, both Google and Apple should get in trouble for a pre-installed app store. I know with Android, you can sideload applications however you can't auto install updates so there is still lock-in even though fortnite did have side loading as an option for android at one point uh yeah i i agree i i think that is anti-competitive but uh, i also understand why people do it why companies do it now well apple anyways i don't know why android does it i mean apple does it for security yeah apple does it for security and the safety of the customer uh google doesn't really do a very good job of it so (laughs) (laughs) there's that and uh also remember when uh microsoft got in trouble we had a kind of a probably more functioning antitrust department in the government so somebody actually paid attention so now it's like now we have to have cat fights in public just to get people to pay attention And Ilya writes in, hey, Brian and Jason, just making sure you don't miss this one. Thanks for all you do and keep on grumping. And this is a college kids fake AI generated blog fooled tens of thousands. And this is how he made it. Uh, This is he he did something (laughs) with GPT-3, the new the new version from OpenAI. GPT-1, remember, they said, oh, this is too dangerous to be released in the world. Yeah. Now we're at version three. And now we're at version (laughs) three and we're trying to package it and sell it to as many people as we can. Mm -hmm. So. Good I just job, love guys. this. Yeah, I just love this because when he was trying to figure out how to do his blog, he was trying to figure out, you know, what the strengths and weaknesses of GPT-3 are. So he picked a popular blog category that doesn't require rigorous logic, productivity and self-help. No shit, <laughs> no Sherlock. Shit. <laughs> that right there made me smile. Yeah, that was great. Uh, Jared writes in, the drink up was fun. Glad to get to join in again. Fun fact, though, when you all switched out the fans that were the panelists, I was not able to join back and listen to the rest of the show. It told me that when I was removed as a panelist, I guess it removed and blocked me from joining the meeting again for some reason. Thought you might want to know. So sadly, I missed the rest of the drink up. Yeah, uh, we figured that out from many of you. Uh, So awesome, (laughs) awesome, awesome design there, Zoom. Yeah, that's a great, great feature there. It's like, no, I wanted to remove them as a panelist, not as a viewer. So, yeah, I had no idea. So very, very sorry. Yeah, there you go. Lars says, hey, guys, thanks for the drink up tonight. It was 11 o'clock here, so I just got in from stargazing with my kids. I'm sorry, I couldn't contribute better on the panel. I wanted to speak up, but I'm waiting for an operation in my throat and could feel my voice disappearing when I spoke up. I hope to join you again sometime and actually say something instead of just swinging a lightsaber. But it was a good looking lightsaber. Send me a thought in two weeks when I'm doped down on painkillers. And when leaving the panel, das boot, I couldn't join back in the drink up at all. I then used my work Zoom account to log in and listen in on the last 45 minutes. It, is it on purpose because of the amount of viewers or I didn't catch the reasoning at all? Well, to just <laughs> skip to the end here. Uh, there was no reason at all. It's just because Zoom sucks. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, Matt writes in, so how long until Netflix can get rebranded Netflix Plus? And this is a uh, article from Trek Movie. CBS All Access may be rebranded as Paramount Plus. 
Oh my god. Well, you know, whatever. So they've they've announced their intentions to expand CBS All Access home to the Star Trek universe on TV and relaunch the service with a new brand in early 2021, which will integrate more content from across the Viacom CBS pro portfolio. So they want a new name and become a what <laughs> I hate this term that people are starting to use now. Super streamer. Oh, God. Yes. So they want to be a super streamer and they're going to reband. And according to the report, the name at the top of that list is Paramount Plus because they think that Paramount has the most uh, market share in terms of of uh, uh, recognizability. Yeah, probably. Probably. They should just call it Star Trek Plus. They should just call it, you know, Star Trek Plus some other crap. That's it. (laughs) Uh, Sumner Redstone died this week. I did see Uh, that. Yeah. 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 Little little part of my heart danced with joy. Yeah, not making, not making the closing shout-outs. Not making the closing shout-outs. It's pretty much like, finally, Good. finally, <laughs> asshole. And Tyndall writes in, FYI for Jason, who was talking about Monkey a few shows back. In 2007, there was an opera with music by Gorillaz slash Damon Albarn, and it's on Spotify. I added this to my Spotify playlist, and I am going to definitely check it out. I'm a huge fan of Gorillaz and actually really enjoy this. Um, I did not connect the dots when you were talking about Monkey. I think you'll like it. Oh, cool. Cool. Yeah, yeah I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. When Ralph I can write- find time to listen to music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. It's tough, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, Ralph writes in, Hi, Grumps. The lady in the tube has a disturbing vulnerability. Uh, this is from uh, MediaPost.com. Uh, Amazon Alexa skills found to leak banking history, usernames, and phone numbers. Uh, he includes an excerpt here. Checkpoint researchers identified a gaping hole in Alexa, Amazon's voice assistant platform that could leak a variety of personal data. So now I read through most of this. Uh, the findings show that certain Amazon and Alexa subdomains were vulnerable to cross-origin resource sharing, misconfiguration, and cross-site scripting. I remember that with flashback of the day. You'd always be very careful about that. Uh, And the problem, yes, this is an Amazon Alexa problem, but but it's not with their own software. Uh, uh, You have to be careful when you're coding the plugins, of course. So that's always the issue. Wait, people have to be careful when they code? Never. I know, never. So yeah, so the problem is actually with the skills. So if you do not do your skills well and do not uh, work your way around this known vulnerability, a lot of bad things can happen, including uh, silently installing skills on a user's account, getting a list of installed skills, silently removing an installed skill, getting voice history, uh, getting personal information, blah, 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 blah. So Ooh, the voice uh, history one's scary. That one's a little scary. Yeah, definitely. If you're not going in and deleting as you should be doing. Uh, earlier this year, a similar bug was found in Google Voice as well. So it's hmm. not just an Amazon thing. Uh, Amazon does not record banking login credentials, but it does record interactions. So they would be able to see that, uh, but not get the actual login to your banks. So there you go. Uh, they got to fix it. Yep, sure they will. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, or, or not. not. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Grumpy Old Geeks. Yeah. Or not. <laughs> or not. And nobody will care. Thomas writes in in a reply to number 460. I'm apparently your only Spotify listener. Ding, ding, number 11. I'll take that honor. But really? Perhaps different in the U.S., but Spotify has dominated music streaming in the U.K. and Canada for years now. Yes, music streaming, not podcasting. Very convenient Android slash iOS app to boot. Why wouldn't you want all music media in one place? Podcasts aren't uh, music. 
yeah, podcasts aren't music. Uh, Apple Podcasts is just another app to manage and make sure you're up to date. And I've never met anybody who uses Overcast or CastBox. Is the U.S. just a fractured podcast market? Am I missing out on some features or something by being stuck in my old ways? Well, Podcasting in general is a fractured market because we're an open standard that anybody can build build against. The problem in the early days with Spotify is they would take your episode, they would transcode it into a, you know, a Spotify friendly format and then serve that. Well, if you change your episode or if you have dynamically inserted ads like we do, uh, they only run the first copy they get and we don't get stats on the placement. They're getting better. They're getting better with this stuff, but in the old days, they sucked, and they would sometimes run ads against your show when they were starting to do it, and uh, that's it's a, it's a work in progress. It's a work in progress. They're getting better. Everybody's getting better. Stitcher's getting better. I don't know where they're going to end up now, but I mean, it's just like, it is a fractured market, and anybody can write a damn podcast app in probably a, you know, a week, because it's, all it is is it's an RSS reader with a MP3 player in it. That's pretty much the long and the short of it. Yeah, and from what I'm seeming to understand from the feedback that we've gotten about this is it seems to me that uh, podcast listening uh, was just way ahead in the U.S. Uh, so there were all these uh, people were listening to and addicted to podcasts here in the States uh, well before th- Spotify really got into the game. And it seems to be a bit later in a lot of other places. Uh, podcast listening is really starting to spike and, and catch on in popularity uh, in the rest of the world right now. And of course, you know, Spotify is making the big play right now so yeah a lot of people are listening to spotify podcasts on spotify throughout the rest of the world now good i don't care i don't care where people listen just listen no i yeah now that spotify's gotten better with you know actually providing the files that mm-hmm. we want them to provide it's a game changer for us so we need we need that feedback and we need that that introspection into who's downloading because if it gets really big on spotify and they're just sucking it down and spitting it back out that we and we can't see it mm-hmm. um then that kills our advertising numbers and then advertisers don't re-up and then we don't get any money and then we have to shut the show down and start working at starbucks so that you know that's the fear of spotify or spotify <laughs> could just show up with a big fucking bag of money and say here guys yeah that ain't gonna happen though. i'll be waiting <laughs> <laughs> Jake writes in, I thought you guys might be interested in my experience with Amazon after I accidentally disputed a, le- a legit purchase after a slew of illegitimate purchases were made on my credit card. They immediately locked down my online account. I wasn't able to log in at all until responding to an email they sent me with a request for credit card and order information. After a few hours, they unlocked my account and I could finally log in. Then I found that all my devices were disassociated with my account. I had to log back into all of my Alexas, my Roku, and my phones. I couldn't even listen to audio books that I had downloaded on my device. I think I've gotten everything started back up, but it showed me a vengeful side of Amazon that I'd never experienced or expected before. So friendly word of advice to everyone, don't dispute an Amazon charge unless they're really sure. I'm pretty sure I was a few hours from having my kneecaps busted. Uh, Jake, I got a Jake from State Farm. Sorry, has anybody seen that commercial recently? <laughs> of course. Um, Jake from State Farm, I've got to disagree with you. That is exactly what I want to have happen. Yeah, I wrote exactly. back to Jake. Yeah, I wrote back to Jake on this one, and uh, we agree on this, you and I, Brian. That <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, if somebody's into my account, I want you to lock it down as fast as possible. I want the big red button hit. I want the klaxons to go off, yep. and I want all hands on deck. I want to have to re-log back into all my devices. I want everything that they did to happen. So they did exactly what I want them to. 
Yeah, the other thing I would I would want though are password changes. I would disable the password and, and have to to reset up a new password for yep. everything because you know you never know how they got in and how they did it. So yep. yeah. So Mike writes in another reason to hate Facebook. Facebook abandons broken drilling equipment under Oregon coast seafloor. And you thought Facebook was just a social media company. Yeah, no, no, no. They're laying some pipe, baby. They're yeah, they laying are. some pipe. Oh, yeah, my God. And, uh, they hit a rock. The drill bit became lodged. The drill pipe snapped 50 feet below the seafloor. Uh, they were able to recover some of the equipment, but uh, it was not cost effective to clean it all up. So they. Brian, but it. it wasn't a rock. It was a rock. Lobster! <laughs> Had to. I can Had never, to. ever hear that song again and be completely happy. No offense to my friend Greg, who plays guitar for the B-52s these days, but uh, I never want to hear that song again. Yeah. So that's that. I mean, that's basically it. They're going to go back in. They're going to start to redrill uh, under Edge Cable Holdings, a Facebook subsidiary responsible for the project. Uh, they notified the county of the accident on May 5th, but did not explicitly mention the equipment that they abandoned. That information didn't emerge until a meeting uh, with state officials on June 17th, two months after the malfunction <laughs> and uh, way too late to actually find and get that equipment out anymore. So it will just be there forever. Much longer yeah. than Facebook will be. Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, they said they did environmental, like it's, no, they yeah, said. They an environmental they impact study that it wasn't that big of a deal, apparently. Yeah. So. And it, it, it can stay there and to actually get it back out would actually be more harmful than, yeah. uh, than just leaving it there. Do I buy it? <laughs> it's Facebook and uh, maybe not. But yeah, yeah they're, they're laying undersea cables. So this is what's going to happen. Fun times. Mm-hmm. And Vincent writes in Facebook staff as your heroes of the week. What the F? Heroic Dublin Facebook staff saved suicidal man after spotting worrying messages on wife's page. And what's interesting about this is this is Facebook staff in Ireland that helped save a man in India who was uh, posting worrying messages on his wife's page. Uh, he had moved location in the country after an argument with his spouse and they came across the messages just before 8 p.m., immediately contacting police in India to inform them about the post. And a five-hour operation ensued involving over 50 officers from Delhi and Mumbai who managed to track a phone number and address to get in contact with the man's wife. And apparently he was just distraught and everything's okay. So there you yeah, go. Yeah, I mean, see, sometimes things work out with Facebook. Sometimes. Yes. Yeah, it's usually after. But uh, yeah. Oh, and he also wrote in, do the Grumpy Old Geeks watch anime? I'm feeling a bit of the old space cowboy action. Cowboy Bebop is actually excellent dubbed in English. Stay hentai. Um, I do not watch anime personally, but uh, I think Jason does. Yeah. I have watched Cowboy Bebop in the past, and I looked around to see if you could watch it again because I've been thinking about that one. I thought about trying that again. It's only 26 episodes, and Hulu has it uh, both dubbed and subbed, so you can watch either one. Uh, for that one, dubbed is fine. You know, For live-action stuff, I always prefer subtitles, but for anime, screw it. It's, <laughs> it's good enough. Um, another one I was thinking about going back uh, and watching again is called Serial Experiments Lane. And I put a link to the complete series over at Apple if you don't want to go to <clears throat> Sweden. Uh, it's like 30 bucks for four-part DVDs. I still have the original DVDs somewhere in Chicago. Uh, great little bit of, you know, future AI sci-fi, you know. <laughs> it's anime. That's it. It's just – it's good anime. I, I, I enjoy that one. But yeah, for the most part, I haven't watched anime in over a decade at least. 
All right. There you go. Henry writes in, been freeloading for the past two years, going to college in Singapore from L.A. and doing tons of tutoring for Chinese kids via WeChat. Hopefully I don't get affected by the ban. And that makes me bank. Would love to hear some advice on the show for how grumpy young geeks can make a difference on tech slash society in general. Keep grumping. Signed, Henry Augusto Dominguez Letelier Perez Barreto Carson Letelier Steinberg, which is my full legal name. Thanks, Mom, for drinking before you chose it. Uh, I think the best advice we can give is uh, what some people are starting to do. Don't work for a shitty company. If you disagree Mm -hmm. with the company, quit. Put your money where your mouth is. Put your money where your mouth is. Find find a good company to work for. Work grassroots in your local community. And uh, learn Python and teach it to as many people as you can. Because as we've seen in the news and everywhere else, Python is the language du jour. Yep. So. And uh, Doe writes in. Doe. Yo, so millennial here. Logan Paul is not one of ours, but going through a lot of the same as Brian. I've got a five-year-old and was a computer programmer dragged into a cybersecurity career. I don't usually send feedback to podcasts, but you have helped me get through a lot in the last five years. And I followed Jason from the Art of Charm days and wish I could afford to support you. I am one of the handful on Spotify. Ding, ding. <laughs> ding, ding. Overcast shit the bed enough by the third time I killed it. I thought I'd share that your local library is a service Tronal Dump hasn't attempted to sack yet. Give them time. Give them time. If you plug your library card into Libby by Overdrive, you can actually isolate the audiobooks that your regional consortium offers. Stay safe and grumpy, my friends. And he has a link to Overdrive. We've uh, talked about that in the past. Yeah. 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 I need to go get uh, get a library card, but library's not open. <laughs> John writes in, just in case you haven't seen this about CBD. One dose of CBD increases blood flow to the brain. This is over at IFLScience.com. And uh, it says it can pretty much enhance your memory. I mean, it I know the other side may. effects of it. May. <laughs> Everything in this article is may and we may. think and possibly could. and possibly. could. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we don't know yet, but uh, promising. We'll see. I love uh, CBD and I take it for a, a variety of ailments, but I have not noticed in the past year since I've been taking it any any upswing in my memory i was going to say you've been able to pull out a lot of information about previous episodes and things we've talked about in the past but that's only because you're going through all of them right now yeah i'm scanning (laughs) the transcripts and looking at the show notes for all of them so i can tell you the date that i got my iphone 5s (laughs) (laughs) you wrote me last night about that i'm like jesus christ we've been doing this a long time (laughs) i know i know All right. Dave writes in, hey, Grumps, greetings from Northern Canada. I love your show. It's been a nice, sane reprieve during crazy COVID times. I listen while doing chores around the house with my two kids. Side note, Brian is right. Kids in a pandemic are hard. And Jason, dogs will never equal the challenge of children. I saw this funny video on YouTube about the silly next generation's narcissism and thought you would enjoy a grumpy laugh. And there is a link in our show notes to a YouTube video called Narcissists and hashtag social media. And it's quite clever. Cute, cute video. Mm-hmm. Very cute. And Chorn writes in, hey, Grumps, I keep hearing from you about the podcast and Spotify situation, and I feel you're missing out on an important point. I live in Germany. What is with the fucking German people in Spotify? And podcasts are just taking off here, and the catalyst seems to be Spotify. Many people are already using Spotify and get introduced to the concept of podcasts by them showing up between the music and playlists. In fact, two fairly big German podcasts, one on politics and news and the other science, talked about Spotify and disclosed that they get about half of their downloads, streams, listens, whatever, through Spotify. I'm a big fan. Keep up the good work. Tjorn. You know, wouldn't it be nice if in America some of the biggest podcasts were about politics and news and science instead of yeah. Joe Rogan? Instead of Joe uh, Rogan. Be, be nice. Well, one could say that he is about politics, news, and 
other science. <laughs> Patrick writes in, Hi, Grumps. Love your show. I'm a fellow old geek working from Silicon Valley. In the previous show, you mentioned that wireless phone charging is a disaster waiting to happen. Though it is true that it burns about 50% more energy, that is still tiny. For a heavy smartphone user, the extra energy wasted in the charger adds up to 5 watt hours per day. To put that in perspective, that is equivalent to... 0.017% of the average household electric consumption, 2% of the energy of a single Eero wireless access point, running a vacuum cleaner for 20 seconds, driving less than 100 feet in an electric car. Is this worth the convenience of plugless charging? Hell yes. Uh, no. No, it's not. Uh, is it that more convenient? We've discussed that. No, it's not. Uh, and things add up and quickly. Apple is probably going to release all of their next generation phones without even having charging ports. So we're all going to be using these things, not the direction we should be going. Uh, I haven't heard about them not releasing with ports. That would, I mean, I know that they, That's they have That's been a rumor this... for the last like year that they're going to basically say. not do ports. And that would be a disaster because yeah, what happens be. when you need to update the software and the Wi-Fi craps the bed? You need to, you need diagnostics, things like that. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think Lightning's going away, but if they do change it, I think they're going to go to USB-C, which would be, I'd you know, be okay with that. I'd be okay with that because I'm trying to get everything to USB-C now. It would make the phone bigger, though, because USB-C is bigger than Lightning, mm-hmm. which they, that's why they're probably pushing away from that. But mm-hmm. uh, I can't see them going, you know, going without a charging port, period. I hope that they don't. But uh, the point being, let's not increase something that's so wasteful. Well, yeah. And you just let, let, let's just you know think about math for a second. That's one one household with one device. You know, my household has, you know, what, seven devices that could theoretically wirelessly charge in it. With a, yep. And I'm, I'm in a household of two people. Yep. So, you know, put that across the entire spectrum of all Apple devices. And that's a, you know, it's not as bad as Bitcoin, but it's not good. It's not good. Jack writes in, in regards to the Logan Paul comments in the last show, I'd just like to say that some of us older Gen Zs are just as appalled as you older grumps. Born in 1997, I've always been classified as Gen Z, but I have a house and insurance, a car payment on a nicer Jeep Wrangler, a job as the general manager for a cellular provider store, and what I like to believe is a good head on my shoulders. Are the millennials taking refugees? Thank you for the podcast from one of the younger members of the Church of Grump. The Rectenna are lit. Gondor calls for aid. <laughs> Pretty funny. Born in 1997. I was living in London and started Slender Fungus in 1997. Jesus Christ. Yeah. 19, 1997, <laughs> I was working at Paramount. I'm not going to say what I was working on, but yeah. <laughs> I have an idea. Yeah. <laughs> Isaac Actually, Wrightson. no, it was, it was probably Star Trek. <laughs> okay. Isaac Wright said, hello, just pointing you to some example audio using the program. Dave and maybe one of y'all had mentioned when it comes to editing podcasts and having it read back in your voice. It's a bit rough with only 45 minutes of voice training, but sort of concerning since things like this tend to get exponentially better with time. I link directly to the timestamp a few seconds from where he starts the snippet. And this is from Tech Meme Ride Home. Google to create a global Android-powered earthquake alert system, and I guess they use the voice training thing, blah, blah. Yeah, this is from... It's uh, good. Des- yeah, Descript is the one. The more you train it, the better it is. Uh, Descript is what I'm actually using for the transcript, so they're obviously spending all their time putting it into the voice work and not the transcription side of things. <laughs> just saying, just saying, and they raised the price on me, you fuckers. Um, anyway, yes, Descript is the, the one that has the, the voiceover stuff. 
And over at iTunes, Sparky writes in with a five stars. Podcast Addict, he says, if you want a scathing, cynical, and humorous, tech-centric view of the world, then this is the podcast for you. Excellent podcast from Jason and Brian. Let's get ready to grumble! Yeah. <laughs> if you want your question or comment read right on the show, head over to GOG.show slash contact and send us your feedback or questions that we can read on the air. And if you're so inclined, please head over to GOG.show slash iTunes and toss us a five-star and snarky review. And I think we have an updated link for that for uh reviews everywhere so we'll have to update our script well here. yes we're gonna we're gonna update the script we're gonna update the link and uh also yeah screw the overcast stars we're done guys they, Marco, <laughs> they changed Marco's, their algorithm or something we're, we're marco done. screwed us we're at the bottom of most recommended now it's it's either like oh god do we actually want to come back up that list or do we want to have everybody subscribe in spotify so we become a, a spotify <laughs> um you know promoted podcast so then maybe they'll give us bags of money i don't know caveat mTOR your mileage may vary tldr all those things later <laughs> All right, I just want to throw a shout out to friend of the show, Chris Lockhead. Uh, he's been going through some stuff, and he lost his brother-in-law last week. And uh, terrible tragedy, terrible tragedy. Always wear your helmets, people. Always wear your helmets. Until next time, I'm Jason DeFilippo. And I'm Brian Schulmeister. Thanks for listening to Grumpy Old Geeks. To support the show and keep us on the air, go to GOG.show slash donate. Toss us a few bucks and we'll love you forever. Your support really keeps us going and we really appreciate it. Show notes for this episode are at GOG.show slash 464. From there, you can find links to old episodes, leave feedback, ask questions, donate to the show, and get links to stuff we like. Stay grumpy. <laughs> Such energy. <laughs> I don't think anybody actually makes it to the end of our show. Doubtful.